Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. We are once again grabbing our time machine and we are flying into the future so that we can learn about other people's regrets, other people's decisions that they wish have made differently. Because that's power. Looking into the future, having access to the future, which certain articles and studies do, that's a very powerful thing if you pay attention to it and try to learn. I mean, the classic saying out there is, well, past history is a great indicator for the future, right? That's why history matters, because history tends to what? Repeat itself. Well, you know what? We're doing the opposite. We're, we're actually going into the future of our own personal history, and we're trying to figure out, you know what? I'm assuming all those people are rational, and if all those people are rational, are you know, if the majority of them are saying something, what is that something? And if that something is bad, is there anything I can do right now that will help me avoid that in the future? That's just a very logical thought process to have. And, and that's what we have here. And that's why I always enjoy going, you know, doing these sorts of episodes where we grab the time machine and then get ourselves into the future because there is such good value in these sorts of, you know, studies and, and surveys that are done uh, that, you know, you can benefit from, myself included. I mean, I still consider myself young. I'm 35 and feel like I'm, well, I don't know if I feel like I'm eight. Mentally, I feel like I'm not 35, but point being is this is the stuff that still benefits me. This is the stuff that I need to be paying attention to because this is my future self. I, we, we are all looking several decades into the future here. Now, if you're in your 20s, then I mean, that's even more of a head start. That's even more opportunity that you have to either start to correct these potential issues or just not even allow them to happen in the first place. So the article here, founded on CNBC, just was released on November 21st, so hot off the press. More than half of savers say this about the health of their retirement accounts. And right off the get-go, I know how, I remember how I felt, especially in my 20s. Uh, you, you hear the word retirement and you're like, oh, I got time. And then you just like forget about it because what, what I'm, I'm 17, I'm 18, I'm still in high school. What am I, retirement, I'm still in high school. Or retirement, I'm in my 20s. That's plenty of time. Even now, I mean, 30s, being 35, retirement, oh, that's like that's like when you're in your 60s. That's like 30 years away. I, no, no, no. I mean, that that's, so I get it. Retirement can automatically bring about the, oh, yeah, that, that doesn't really pertain to me because it's so far off. But that would be step one. Ignore that voice if it shows up. If that voice shows up and tries to make you think, nah, it doesn't pertain to you, uh, smack that voice in the face, tell it, to get out of here because, it, yeah, it does matter because why does it matter? Well, let's see what people in the future are starting to say about, like I said, the health of their retirement accounts per the, the, the title of this article. So picking up with the article, many workers don't need experts to tell them they aren't putting enough away for their golden years. They apparently already know. More than half of U.S. adults, 52%, say they are behind where they should be when it comes to saving for retirement, according to a new survey from bankrate.com. Now, this is when I read that the first time, it struck me odd. So they say they are behind where they should be, meaning they know where they should be, they know what they should be doing, yet they're behind. So this seems like almost a, an effort to I mean, if I, if you know what you should be doing, but you're not doing it, why not? Why not? 
well, maybe that, I mean, and I say this under the, the assumption that you live in, I mean, I'm in the United States, so definitely no excuses here, but I'm saying this, that you, is, you live in some sort of country where you know what? If there's some shortfalls in one area or another, you know, you have choices. Now, I'm not saying the choices are necessarily pleasant. I'm not saying the choices are necessarily something you wanna be doing. I'm not saying that the, the choices may not require you to just humble yourself and have some humility, such as delivering pizzas, maybe picking up a job at a, a, a fast food restaurant, doing something. But I mean, there are a lot of opportunities out there, like I said, in this country where, well, those people, I mean, just because you know, just because somebody knows where they should be doesn't mean they can actually do it. No, in, in the United States, you can do it. Once again, I'm not saying it's necessarily easy. I'm not saying it's necessarily pleasant, but there are opportunities out there that, I mean, you can make it happen, especially if you know what you should be. If you know where you should be, you know what numbers you need to be doing. So the question then just becomes a, a basic math problem. Okay, and then just to keep the math, let's say you know that you need to be setting aside $500 a month. Let's say right now you're currently only setting aside $300 a month. So that's some basic subtraction, right? You need 500, you're currently doing 300. So that means $200 you still need. So that now becomes a question of, well, this is where mindset comes into play. A lot of people are like, well, see, I can't do it, I don't have, I'm $200 short. Okay, how about you rearrange the mindset and say, how can I close that gap? What can I do to make an extra $200 per month? And there you go, now you're gonna be putting yourself in the framework and the mindset of how you can actually accomplish that. So I mean, I don't know, I really struggle with the people say that they're behind and I mean, they know where they should be, yet they're still behind. Well, come on people, get on it. Figure out what you need to do to get to where you need to be. So picking up from the uh, article, among pre-retirees, the leg is more pronounced. 57% of younger baby boomers age 55 to 64 and 63%, wow, of Generation X age 39 to 54 say they're behind. If you look at the economy, you might say it's great, said Mark Hamrick, senior economics analyst at bankrate.com. But the reality is that there can be disconnects between it and America's personal finances. The economy has very little to do with Americans' personal finances. What I always find bizarre is you look at the jobs report, and if you're not familiar, the jobs report is something where the, the government releases it every month. It says, hey, here's all the jobs. Here where all the jobs were. Here are all the jobs lost or created. And one of them that's always up high is leisure, is the leisure category restaurants, any, any sort of thing that's entertainment, or to just put it more bluntly, anything that is not a necessity. It's amazing how the non-necessity sector of the economy seems to, not always, but is always growing, or I mean, many times is right up near the top. So I don't know. I, maybe people are just spending their money on stuff they shouldn't be. Is that a possibility? Is that maybe the disconnect? is that people are just simply spending their money on stuff that they shouldn't be because the economy is solid. Now, why it's solid, that's a whole nother podcast and a whole nother episode. I mean, it probably could be an entire podcast uh, in terms of that and interest rates and encouraging debt and all that sort of stuff, but I won't go down that rabbit hole. The point here being is that maybe just maybe, instead of always saying, well, you know what? People say the economy's good, but what about those people? Yeah, yeah, what about those people that, are going out to eat all the time and that are doing this, that, and the other that are not necessities. 
The economic expansion now in its 11th year has been accompanied by strong stock market gains and in turn has led to retirement account balances that have made 401k account millionaires. Out of a record number of people at Fidelity Investments, the nation's largest 401k plan provider. That is awesome. Let me say that again. People have become millionaires because they've been saving for retirement the way that they should. At record numbers. Do those people, is it always maybe necessarily pleasant to set aside that money? Probably not, especially in this day and age. There's so much cool stuff that's always coming out. But you know what? You can't have it both ways. You can't say, you know, I'm behind in my retirement. The economy's great, but yeah, you know, there's just a disconnect. I'm being left behind. Yeah, because you're choosing to leave yourself behind. You're choosing to get the cool new gadget compared to what should be. Well, some people, no. If you're in the United States, you can go out there and hustle and grind and find a way. You can find a way. You really can. And I mean that because I see it all the time. I'm surrounded by people that are finding a way. Once more, is it a pleasant way? Is it a way that is, you know, you might severely be annoyed? Yeah, you're probably going to be annoyed. You're probably going to be irritated that this is what you have to do for the time being. But you know what? It's a way and it can work. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind. The Standard & Poor's $500 index, that's basically just the U.S. stock market, um, considered a broad measure of how U.S. stocks are faring, reached a new high of 31.22 this week. That's a whopping 368% gain since March 9th, 2009. Wow. When it traded as low as 666 before starting to climb back up. At the same time, however, not all workers have benefited equally. Well, of course not, because all workers are putting and managing their finances, managing their expenses differently. Some people choose to spend money on gadgets and then save for retirement. Some people choose to save for retirement and then whatever's left over, they will spend on gadgets. Think about what I just said. It's very, very important and it makes all the difference. Are you choosing to spend money first and then save for retirement? Or are you choosing to save for retirement and then spend money on all the fun stuff? Huge, huge difference. So for example, the median account balance half far above, half far below among pre-retirees is far from the $1 million mark, according to Vanguard's recent How America Saves report. For people ages 55 to 64, the median account balance in 2018 was about $61,700. That is scary. That's very, very scary. Whoops. I just clicked on an ad. I don't know if the mic picked that up. All right, sorry about that. So that's the, uh, got me. Got some free advertising maybe. But anyways, so picking back up here with the article. And according to Bankrate, uh, Bankrate.com report, 38% say they have never had a retirement account. What? 38%, that's like if you have 10 people standing there, four of them have like, no, I've never had a retirement account. And I don't necessarily blame, I mean, it is their, it is their fault, but at the same time, this is why, why are we not teaching this stuff in schools? Why do we not have a class that drills home? I, I don't know, I should, I, I should do this. I should start to just knock on the doors of local schools and be like, hey, can I teach a class about why saving matters and how cool this thing called compounding interest is. Yeah, I get it. You teach compounding interest in your math class, but in like the most boring way ever. Because 
I mean, to think that they never even had one, four out of 10 people, I mean, like I said, at the end of the day, it is personal responsibility. But why, do, why, are we, why are people not being taught this stuff in school? This is the fun stuff. This is the stuff that actually matters. If you taught kids, hey, if you set aside a certain amount of money, and remember, this is high school. So when you, and you know what? You're in high school now. So 40 years from now, I mean, you're still gonna be young. And with medical technology, when, when you're getting up to your 50s and 60s, I mean, that's gonna be like the new 30. And I, and I really mean that. I mean, with the way medical technology is going, uh, I mean, even for me, when I'm 70, who knows? Maybe that's gonna be like the new 50. I don't know, but the point being, those Perry, oh, well, geez, 30, 40 years, that's gonna be nothing. But I mean, if you show a kid and show people how money can grow with compounding interest, I think a lot more people, I think you can reduce that number that have never had a retirement account. Because you're gonna force people to want retirement accounts, right? Uh, let's see, and, uh, most people, the most pronounced among Generation Xers, 36%, and households with annual income below the $30,000 mark. Part of the problem could be that workers have rated their accounts before age 59. Could be? No, I'm pretty sure that that is the problem, that people are rating, that people are dipping into their retirement accounts, which you should essentially never, never do. This is when 401k plans and in individual retirement accounts typically can be tapped without facing a 10% penalty for early withdrawals. When people are making withdrawals from these accounts, they have some justification to do it because they have other financial priorities. Okay, well, and, and honestly, that, that's okay. That's fine. As long as those same people aren't sitting there crying and complaining about how they can't get ahead with their retirement. Well, no wonder why you can't get ahead with your retirement. You keep tapping into it. You keep using money that's supposed to be for uh, retirement for other things. And again, some of those could be justified, but you know what? This is why personal finances matter. This is why a rainy day fund matters. So because the number one reason, unemployment. Well, you know what? That's why somebody that's got personal finances in order has something for these situations where you know what? I, I could be jobless. So I should probably have some money just set aside sitting there that I can use when I'm jobless. So I don't have to reach into my retirement account. That way, that money can continue to grow. I can use the rainy day fund to go out there and you know supplement my family and myself while I go and hustle and grind and hurry up and find a new job. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't find the number one reason, according to this, 33% of unemployment as a valid excuse. Now, some of these other situations, uh, kind of. I mean, but I'm a home purchase, really. So now you're, uh, I mean, I hope you really like that home because you're gonna be living in it quite a while, living paycheck to paycheck or working for the rest of your life because you don't have a retirement. So I hope it's a really, really nice home. This one drives me insane. 14% home improvement. I, I Again, that, that's fine, I guess, but if those same people are complaining, I can't get ahead with my retirement. Huh, wait, what? Then why did you just do the new, new bathroom, the new kitchen, the new fill in the blank? I hope it's a really nice kitchen. I hope it's like a gold-seated toilet because you're gonna be working the rest of your life. But I guess if you're okay with that nice new bathroom, then that's fine. But I'm, I'm sorry, home improvements. If your thought process goes, you know what? Save for retirement or new kitchen, I'm gonna go with the new kitchen. Then you know what? That, 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 that's your life, that's your money, but that, that's your fault.
However, so going back to the article here, on top of potentially paying taxes or penalties on the withdrawals, removing the money from the account also removes the likely gains it would have generated over time with compounding interest. Yes, exactly. That's the opportunity cost. So it's a double cost, right? Think about that. If you are choosing between a new bathroom or something that you know in your heart of hearts is not a necessity, there's two costs that come with that. First is just, well, the monetary cost, right? Yes, that's going to cost you money. The other cost, opportunity cost. What opportunity is it costing you? The opportunity at that compounding interest, which is absolutely crazy. In fact, if you have some time and you're bored, Google compound interest calculator. Pull one of those up and start plugging in numbers. Your mind will spin. You'll be like, wait, what? And that'll definitely change your perspective in terms of, you know what, do I really wanna choose this over that? And I, I think it'll be, not I think, it, it, well, I guess I think. I, for me, for sure, it makes the decision a whole lot easier in terms of when you recognize the actual opportunity cost that you're uh, sacrificing. Turning to retirement savings, or turning to retirement accounts in a pinch could be the result of no emergency savings. No, that's definitely what it is. There's no could about that. Why would you turn to retirement savings if you have emergency, if you have some sort of fund set aside for an emergency? So, I mean, I'm not trying to be hard on this guy, but th th there doesn't need to be a could. I mean, you would not choose, assuming these people are rational, to dip into something that could have potential fees, that could have potential taxes, and all of that if you already have money just sitting there. The two things are linked at the hip, he said. Yes, yes they are. If someone doesn't have an emergency savings, they turn to their 401k and decide to worry about the consequences of that later. Yes, so once again, what does somebody choosing not to have an emergency fund have to do with, well, there's a strong economy, but people are being left behind? Well, yeah, when you don't set money aside to have an emergency fund and you force yourself to dip into retirement, which then reduces your retirement, yeah, there is, people are gonna get left behind. It's just a choice of, are you choosing to spend on cool stuff and then set money aside for emergency funds and retirement, or are you setting money aside for emergency fund and retirement and then spending money on cool stuff? Take, a, take note, I'm not saying people can't enjoy life. I'm not saying that people can't go out there and get cool stuff, but what order? How are you prioritizing that? Um, and meanwhile, let's see. Meanwhile, some survey respondents, 16% say they are where, say, they are where they're on track with their savings and 11% say they're ahead of their goals. Congratulations. Another 20% have no idea how they're faring. That's fantastic. So 20%, that's if you have five people standing there, one person's gonna raise their hand and say, I have no idea. Whew, all right. I hope to some degree this is a call to action for Americans to take ownership of their financial standing. I hope so too. And this is what people in the future are saying. People in the future are saying, yeah, you know what? I'm behind. And those people are, 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 are regretting it, right? So that just tells us right now, as we sit here in the present, how are you doing? Are you on track? Do you even know what's going on? Are you one of the 20%? And that's the benefit you have though. As a younger listener, you know what? Okay, well, maybe, maybe you have no idea. Cool. At least now you've identified the problem. You have no idea. So what's the solution to that problem? Well, let's get an idea. Let's start to focus on those numbers. Let's start to focus on where you wanna be and let's get to that point. If you wanna be a millionaire, cool, that's awesome. 
Then start to, okay, well, get out that compounding interest calculator. What needs to happen for me to be a millionaire and what sort of time frame? And that's where the, the calculator really is, is so important. I mean, I, you can walk it through, I can walk through here, but it's just so much easier to visualize if you're playing with it. So, I mean, that, that's, that's fine if, even if you're older, even if you're in your 30s, 40s, and you're saying, yeah, you know what, I really have no idea. Okay, again, problem identified. Let's figure out the solution of how to get it fixed. Because let's learn from people out in the future. And people are regretting it. People are putting themselves in very, very tricky situations. And quite frankly, people are putting themselves in situations where they're really not going to ever retire. They're going to be working essentially the rest of their life. And for people my age, uh, and this is just for you know the United States, if you are planning on social security existing, whew, I have zero plans to ever get a single social security check. First off, if you think you're even gonna be able to live on social security, I would encourage you to do some research into that. I suppose you can live, but you you better not be picturing living some glamorous lifestyle in retirement because that is not something that, uh, I mean, like I said, I guess you can live off of it, but it's gonna be a basic, basic living. And if you're okay with that, fine. But honestly, I'm not even planning on it. With the way things are going, uh, and when you just look at the number and how that whole program is underfunded and you know this, that, and the other, you know, I'm not even planning on getting a social security check. So that has no part in my plans for the future. But it starts to think about the future. And please, the younger, the better, start thinking about this stuff. I, I mean, now that I talk, I gotta, I gotta do a better job with my uh, nieces and nephews. Uh, my uh, oldest nephew just turned 17. Happy birthday, Hank. He, I don't think he listens to this, but uh, I, I got I, I started with him and I, I, I've kind of been slacking, but I got I gotta get back in his air and be like, hey, Hank, let me let me help you set up a retirement account. Listen, buddy, I, I know that sounds crazy right now. You're 17, but let me let me show you kind of what you can do. Um, so that's a, a reminder to myself. But you know, if you are older, share this with. Your, your kids with your with your nephews or nieces. I mean, the oldest of my kid is seven. So she's got a little while, but you know what? This is the stuff that will make a difference. This is the stuff, this is actually how you change economies. This is how you change cultures because you know what? How, how different would this culture be, would the economy be if people were flush with cash and people, you know, if, if people didn't need the government programs for such as social security, like, no, I, I don't need that because I've been setting money aside. So then guess what happens? Because you don't need that, and this is all in theory, okay, well, the government can slash those programs. So if the government can slash those programs, now the government has less debt. And when the government has less debt, that's just a good thing for everybody. But guess what? Because the government has less debt, that means they need to collect less taxes because they don't have to pay for that debt. So if they have to collect less taxes, who does the government collect taxes from? You. But if they have to collect less taxes, that means they have to collect less taxes from you, which means what? You have more money. So if you have more money, guess what you can do? You can save even more for retirement and buy cool stuff. And the more you can save for retirement, the less you need of the government. And the less you need of the government, the lower those programs go. And the lower those programs go, the less taxes they need to charge. And the less tar- charges or taxes that they need to charge, guess what? See how that works? The more money you have. It is a cycle of prosperity. It is a cycle of wealth. But no, I need the government. I need more from the government. No, you need to just save a little bit more money. You need to put some money into retirement. You need to put some money into a savings account. I get it. The new iPhone 11 is 
awesome. But you know what? Do you really need it? No, you don't. And for you to go and drop that amount of money while I do the payments, who cares? It's the same amount of money. You you could be using that same amount of payment. Well, Clay, but it's only 20 bucks a month. Yeah, 20 bucks a month that you could be putting into some sort of emergency or retirement. But Clay, I don't I won't have the new iPhone. I'll have to do two versions old. Oh goodness. That is fine. The choice for you becomes new iPhone or working paycheck to paycheck the rest of your life or just basically never retiring because you're never going to have enough to retire. So if you're okay with that so that you can have the the new iPhone 11 compared to one two versions ago, hey, that's a, for me. No, you know what? I I kind of want to recover or retire nicely. I want to be able to to lay on a beach, sip in a nice little drink, and knowing that money's still coming in, because I have all these retirements. That's that's I would rather have that than having the current iPhone 11 right now. That's just me though. That's my mentality. Is I'm thinking long term, and I'm thinking, yeah, you know what? I really do want to be able to wake up one morning and be like, I'm not doing anything today. And you know what? Who cares? Because money is still coming in because I have passive income. I have invested into retirement. That's just me though. And I'm now I'm ranting and raving, but you know, you want to fix this country. You want to get the government out of your life. You want to just make the need to not even need the government. Then just start saving, start saving for retirement. And guess what? Then you won't care how much the government gives you or doesn't give you because it just won't be needed. But I digress. That's all I have to say. Uh, it feels good to rant every now and then. But yeah, get out there. Start to think. How are you doing with retirement? Are you saving enough? Do you even have an emergency fund? Look into the future. We have some data, some new data from the future, telling us where people stand and you know what they uh, you know clearly are regretting. So avoid it. Right. Learn and avoid. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I want to just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there. And I, I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the slab money method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.